In this era of grave spiritual crisis, it is not enough to simply know about your Catholic faith. That is why we need a Catholic toolbox to equip us with the practical skills necessary to live our Catholic faith to reach our ultimate goal, which is heaven for all eternity. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Join us every Tuesday night at 8pm for the Catholic Toolbox as we hand you the tools to go forth, live the faith and change our modern world today. Live on The Voice of Charity. back to another week on the Catholic Toolbox, The Art of Practical Catholicism. I'm your host and founder, George Manasseh, here as we equip you with practical tools to live your faith in our modern world of today. And this week, I brought a good friend of mine here on the show, James Ramos. Welcome to the show. Um, thanks, um, George. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's great to have you here. And for those who don't know you, you're the headmaster of Wallamai College. Out yep, in, uh, that's Warrington. correct. Warrington out west in Sydney's west. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So we're an independent school. Yeah. Um of about 480 students, boys, boys school. Um, obviously that teaches the Catholic faith. And um, yeah, we will be celebrating our 25th anniversary next year. 25 years. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. 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 And we're part of the uh we're part of the parade parade um foundation schools so we have um four schools in sydney and uh there are two um two schools in melbourne and yeah. um yeah we're sort of uh, growing and um expanding excellent excellent for that many people might have heard of uh, redfield college within sydney and tangara uh school for girls uh, but some people may not have heard of wallamai and montgrove the ones out in western sydney that's uh, right it's uh, and it's become a lot more popular lately with many young families who aspire to uh, be sending their kids to Wallamai College or already have their kids enrolled in Wallamai and Montgrove. But it, it, it's it's a testament to the tremendous work that Pared does. And what is Pared for those people who uh, haven't heard what Pared Foundation is? Look, Pared is basically a um, um, a system of schools. Um, which was founded on the belief that uh, that parents are the primary educators. Mm -hmm. So this is something that the Second Vatican Council recognized. And um, and therefore, the role of the school is to support parents in the education of the children. Um, and um, I suppose the initial thrust behind the parent schools was really other schools that began overseas, um, specifically in Spain, um, some parents um, would go to San Jose Maria Escriva, the founder of Opus Dei, to speak to him about sort of their concerns. And one of their concerns was the quality of um, faith education that their children were receiving in the, you know, the schools that they were sending their kids to. And essentially, I think San Jose Maria would just tell them, well, look, if you're unhappy with it, um, why don't you start your own school? 
Um, and and that's right, how the first sort of uh, the first schools like these began in Spain. Um, and then um, and then I, I suppose a similar story happened in Australia, where a group of parents thought, um, you know, we we want something more, or we want something better for our children when it comes to their schooling. Um, and I think specifically the teaching of the faith was was very fundamental to them. And um, they began Tangara um, mm-hmm. more than five, 50 years ago now. Yeah. Um, I think we had last year or this year was the 50th anniversary, perhaps. Yeah. And then something similar happened. There was a group of families in the West who um, were sending their children at great cost and inconvenience, but they were sending their children all the way to Redfield and Tangara. And um, in general, when there was enough of these families uh, traveling from, you know, St. Clair and Mount Druids and um, Penrith, um, they were traveling all the way to Cherrybrook and Dural. Um, They sort of go together and say, hey, why don't we start? Um, why don't we start some schools out here in the West? And that's how they began initially with Orchard Hills Preparatory School, began with a group of about 12 boys. I believe and those boys eventually uh, became Willowmore College. Um, at some point, the you know Orchard Hills Prep School split into what became Willowmore College and what became Mongrove College. And now, you know, as you say, there's a lot of there's a lot of interest in our schools. We're growing very fast. Um, we're going from 480 this year to about 545 next year. Wow! Um, wow. So sizable increase. Uh, from one year to the next, and um, we have a lot of um, a number of year groups in primary already closed. So we don't we have a waiting list uh, because we have too many uh, too many people who really want to come. And I think Mongrove is a little bit on the same boat uh, with the girls. So, um, so, so you no, very closed happy. the waiting list. Well, we put people on the waiting list. We've closed the enrollments for about three year groups next year in primary. And we begin in year two. So next year we have year two, three, four, five, and six. And three out of those five year groups are closed to enrollments because it's too many kids, wow. which is great. It's really, it, wow. I mean, it's very exciting. It's an exciting period. Of course, we have the airport being built, you know, just down the road, a lot of housing development, a lot of people yeah. are moving in the, to the West. Um, it's a real growth area. And um, and yeah, we're sort of very blessed to, to have a wonderful school community who are constantly promoting um, our schools with their friends and with their neighbors and with their relatives. And um, I've had recently a Roman interviews with, um, with a family who are moving from Dubai. Wow. Um, I have a family who are moving from New Zealand and another family moving from Victoria all within two weeks. Um, these are people who heard about the schools. They like the system and they, um, they obviously have friends who, whose children attend the schools yeah. and they, you know, they consider education important enough to justify pulling up stamps and, 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 and moving cities or even countries. So, uh, so we're very, uh, that's very privileged and very grateful. That's a, that's a great commitment. Very grateful for the confidence. It really absolutely. is a great commitment. Absolutely. I mean, to move yeah. from Dubai yeah. or Victoria yeah. to New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah. To, yeah. to come to these schools means you're doing Par Red is and these schools are doing terrific work. Uh, yeah. They're doing something right, but I want to go back to the very the very foundation of Par Red and uh, the fact and, and Sir Jose Maria himself 
um, develop this idea that if you to parent getting parents together and educating their children so it's the initiatives coming i see from the parents as the primary yeah. educators correct it's, it's a very important yeah. thing to understand that the the parents are the primary educators of their children mm -hmm. that uh, yeah. are taking the initiative to form these schools is that correct yeah yep yeah, yeah that's correct um it's uh it's um i think san jose maria so marriage and raising children as a vocation and um and one of the most important uh callings that one receives from god is the calling to you know be married and raise children and um and and um if the if the tools that are available to you are not doing the job that you want then you develop your own tools <laughs> essentially exactly. yeah so yeah, that's that's how the schools originated. Obviously, the parents that send their children to the parent schools today, they all have full time jobs and they are not actually running the schools. Yeah. Um, they work closely with the schools. So so we, we sort of explain to parents that when we're talking about this parental involvement, it's parental involvement, not so much in the running of a school. It's parental involvement in the education of their own children. And that means working very closely with the school. So the schools run by professionals um, who teach the you know the New South Wales curriculum, and um, and and we have a wonderful, wonderful team of of very competent teachers um, and managers who run the schools. But um, it's it's their own children that we need the parents to be involved with, um, and in their 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 educational goals, the uh, developing an educational project for each one of the children. Because at the end of the day, all you know, all your children, each child is different, and uh, and parents who have several children uh, find out very quickly that you, you don't you don't go with a one one size fits all. Um, each one of your children is unique, and um, and therefore you need to develop a very um, very personalized um, educational plan, um, which then you develop in in cooperation with the school. Excellent. Excellent. And, so and, and a, I remember a... just being dropped off to school. But there was great involvement from my parents being a, 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 a Lebanese school and uh, together. Mm -hmm. But for the many stories I hear from uh, so many people, it's just simply to drop off their kids to school, pick them up, hear once a year from the teacher on a parent-teacher interview. But I think many people, many of our listeners may not understand what does it mean for the parents in the Pired schools to be involved in the primary educators. Yeah, are, look, it's, 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 uh, it's, I often explain to people, I think I'm a primary school teacher originally. Yeah. Um, the, the public um, primary school system in Australia is very good. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the Catholic school system, um, it's very good when it comes to primary schools. Um, so most places, the level of education that certainly primary school children receive is very solid. Mm -hmm. Um, now, the, the method or the system is such that you drop the kids off at school and then you pick them up at the end of school. And the less you hear from the school, the better. Because in a sense, if you get a phone call from the school, it's bad news. Mm -hmm. um, there's an issue, there is a problem, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that's a particular model of education that for many people um, in many areas 
where the local public school or the local Catholic school are very good schools and their children are um, talented, they do well at school, et cetera, et cetera. There's a perfectly fine system, so to speak. Mm. Um, and people are busy with other things. Therefore, mm. the less you need to worry about school, the better. You, you're sort of subcontracting, so to speak, yeah. the yeah. raising of your children and putting it in the hands of competent professionals. But at the end of the day, um, this our view and our system is that the raising of your children is too important a task to just put in the hands of other people. Um, and that this idea that you can just, the least, the less you hear from the school, the better, is not something that is going to produce the best results for your children. There's going to be relatively few problems mm -hmm. and your children will get a relatively good education, but it's not the best. It's not going to be the best education that they can get. Um, and um, and obviously, um, I think, I think, you know, people want something more for their children than just minimize problems. Mm -hmm. um, so, so we have a system where the parents are actively working with the school. So we have more regular um, communication between between the school and the home. We we develop um, a, a very close. Um, closely knit community. I think with your, you know, maybe Lebanese background, you probably understand that aspect of things, yeah. of um, of um, developing that community. So we have, for example, at Wolomai, we have a sports clubs mm -hmm. that are associated with the school, boys education and sport. Obviously, you know, sport plays a very big role. So we have a basketball club that play the local competition. Mm -hmm. We have a Wolomai football club that plays in the local competition. This is like Saturday sport. Um, now, these clubs are run by parents. The coaches are parents, the managers are parents, the president of the club is a parent. Um, parents really get to know each other. They really get to work together with each other, et cetera, et cetera. We have a range of different functions and things that bring people together. So at the end of the day, you develop a relationship with the parents of your children's friends, essentially. Yeah. Um, and you know not just who your children are hanging out with, but you're not their parents, yeah. um, and you, you know, you you very able, very quickly able to determine um, who your, you know, your your children's social circle is, mm -hmm. which plays a very key role. You know, the, the sort of the, the the maxim of it takes a village to raise a child. Yeah. I think you know, I, I sort of originally come from Spain. Um, you know, anyone with with a bit of you know Mediterranean background, or indeed from many other cultures, we really understand that idea that takes a village to raise a child yeah. and okay. um and and at the end this community that we're creating in the schools you know you have you know the children have lots of uncles and aunties um we have a sizable um school population um who originates from the philippines or the you know the ethnic mm. background is, is filipino and um and it is customary in the philippines to call people uncle and auntie who are not necessarily relatives yeah, but they're good yeah. friends of the family, good friends of your parents. Yeah, you know, uncle and auntie. Yeah, um, you know, our boys at Wallaba they have lots of uncles and aunties who are not necessarily related. Um, so that's one of the aspects of uh, of of the I think the success of a system that we have, and then the other one is the fact that um, we take a wider approach to our view of education. It's not purely academic. 
um and uh, and you're talking about they they you know they using i suppose human anthropology or, or christian anthropology mm. as um as a basis you know the, the different elements of the human person um you've got intellect but then you also have will you've got hearts you've got soul um so mm. we're talking about not just intellectual or academic education you're talking about emotional education you're talking about social education um physical education uh, and a spiritual education mm -hmm. so yeah. there's you know there's five you know um you know it's a wider range and um and and when people think of sending the kids to school you're thinking academics but there is so much more than just purely um you know teaching maths and english um and when it comes to social aspects when it comes to emotional uh spiritual etc cetera, etc cetera, that's where you start working a lot more closer with the school to develop and we have a systems to to develop that partnership between the parents and the school excuse me well, that's absolutely amazing i mean that 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 you look at the, um the students as a whole look at the different aspects of the formation that they need to receive and i mean community is a very important thing that the, mm. that the parents know each other, that they're in a, in a community and very close together and supporting each other. I mean, it's, it's very, very important. And one would, one would think would the parents need assistance or, or formation themselves to, to then play their part as parents better from the school. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I've, I've heard schools described uh, not just our schools but schools in general you talk about schools as learning communities yeah um everybody's learning kids are learning teachers are learning well in our our, our schools it's very much a learning community that includes the parents mm -hmm. um one of the things that we do for example last weekend we had a father and son camp yep. so we have these camps between year two and year eight where once a year um each year group they go away on the father and son camp so this last weekend was the year six father wow. and son camp um and, and you have year. every each year yeah and each year group yeah. wow. so each kid yeah. between year two and year six have their father and son camp each year mm -hmm. um opportunity for parents to get to know to dads to get to know i mean it's really good quality one-on-one between the father and the son it's unheard really of important. And, very unheard and, of uh, and and uh growing up as i did in a in a large family to have dad to yourself for a weekend it's a really big deal yeah. because you get that to yourself. Yeah. Um, and that's really important. Um, we know that in boys' education, the role of dads, yeah. um, the role of fathers in, in boys' education is, is paramount. Um, but, um, but one of the elements there is that you have a range of dads. Some of them, maybe it's their youngest son, and they've had teenagers, maybe they have children who have already graduated. Um, and they are spending a weekend with this other dad whose boy in year six is the eldest. They've never had a teenager in the house. Yeah. You can imagine the conversations that happen during the yeah. camp where the dad that has had five teenage boys go through the house. It's an amazing source of wisdom for the younger dad whose eldest son is in year six mm -hmm. and who's never had a teenager in the house. So you develop that friendship you know but you're starting year two by the yeah. time you get to year six you have the confidence to pull this dad aside and say listen how do you deal with how did you you know what are the main things 
what do I need to know, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot of wisdom transmitted, you know, between, you know, between parents. Um, there is a lot of collective wisdom that happens. We have during the Father and Son camps, for example, we have a dad's um, mini dad's workshop mm -hmm. where oftentimes it involves a discussion on a particular topic. Um, the one with the year seven boys, for example, how to do with communication, how mm -hmm. to talk to your boy, how do you talk to your teenage boy? And a lot of that was just dad saying, well, this is what I do. This is what works for me. Mm -hmm. And then somebody else says, well, I've tried this thing and it seems to work really well, et cetera, et cetera. And then we organize ourselves. We do organize something called key parent functions. Mm -hmm. So once a term, we have one evening where we bring the parents, we ask the parents to come in um, and, you know, for an hour, an hour and a half. And uh, we would either put a, you know, put a speaker in front of them, um, yeah. um, cover a particular topic. Um, sometimes everybody has the one sort of speaker. We've been lucky enough this year to be able to bring two um, international speaker, one international speaker and one, I suppose, national speaker, you would say, um, who presented to both Willamaya Mongrove together mm -hmm. to all the parents. Um, one of them talking about um, um, cyber safety. Mm -hmm. and um technology um and another one who's a sort of world-class um academic on um on character education yeah. um and you know there's really good quality speakers that we're able yeah. to put in front of our parents and uh, we we explain to the parents it's a little bit like um um professional development yeah you know is. everybody yeah. in every in every job you have to get you know you have to upskill yourself and um so this is parenting, parenting is, is professional same. development yeah. parenting correct is, correct yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and we have had other very successful key parent functions where one of our own parents mm -hmm. has presented to mm -hmm. the rest of the parent body um on a particular area you know it's something one that comes to mind very successful one dr robin chung who mm -hmm. happens to be a neurologist mm -hmm. um and he happens to also be the father of seven kids, I mm -hmm. think six boys and one girl. And um spoke about the the teenage brain and and did a wonderful presentation yeah. on the teenage brain that combined his scientific knowledge with his experience raising boys. Mm -hmm. Um you know, those sorts of things. So we have essentially four of those a year. Um Excellent. four key parent functions that we ask the parents to come in and and um you do learn a lot. To be honest, you do learn a yeah. lot through those ones. Let's yeah. let's talk a little bit about the mentoring program because I think that's also <laughs> where you're constantly in. It's not just well, the, the functions, but it's the mentoring program where you're in constant contact with the parents. And that's the and that's the core element of our of our um, of our building of a partnership with parents is the mentoring system. Wow! So yeah. essentially, that's really where you is, get a lot of. The parade gets a lot of attention that people yeah, are very yeah. impressed by. And yeah, it's, yeah. So, yeah. so every student is assigned a mentor. A mentor is a member of a staff who is specifically trained for the task and is allocated time to carry out this task. And essentially, the mentor catches up with the student um, once a fortnight, uh, four times a term, roughly, yeah. um, and um, and then the mentor. Um, has an interview with the parents once a term. Uh, the parents, when they come to us at Wolomai, we ask them to make a commitment to meet with the mentor once a term. Yeah. Um, and that's where you develop uh, a personalized educational plan for each one of our students. 
uh, based on the parents' um, knowledge of their son, based on their family values, what mm -hmm. they consider is most important. Um, what do you think your son needs to be better at? What's the What are the areas where you would like to see some growth with your son? And then it's a system of basically goal setting uh, between the parents and the school, um, or the, between the parents and the mentor, and then between the student and the mentor. So I'll catch up with my mentees. I have an interview with the parents. The parents know the children so well. So they tell me, look, this particular boy, um, you know, I'll give you an example. Uh, one of my one of my mentees, um, very good at school. Very, very good at school, very good academically, very conscientious, uh, very hard worker, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. He is terrible with his sister. <laughs> so his parents tell me, look, he gets home and, and he has zero patience with his sister, loses his temper very easily. He has very, very little empathy. Mm -hmm. He's very focused on the task at hand, mm -hmm. but he has no patience for other people's imperfections. So, yeah. and that's important to them. So it's important to them that their son learn empathy. Yeah. It's important that their son learn patience, self-control, a whole host of, so a lot of the way we look at things in the mentoring system is through the prism of virtue. So mm -hmm. you're trying to develop virtues. Virtues are the building blocks of character. Yeah. And at the end of the day, what we're trying to develop in the school is, is men of character. Um, we want our graduates to be men of character. And that means being men of virtue. So it's developing those virtues in cooperation with the parents because it's, well, what's important for you guys? Um, what's important in your family culture? Um, for some parents, academic achievement is really important. For other parents, it's more the hard work part of things that is more important than academic achievement. Um, for example, and you know, in the, in, in the instance, in this particular instance, the boy was very good on the, on the achievement level but mom and dad were not very happy with his um, social and emotional, you know, development. Mm. So, you know, we discuss, yeah. we did, you know, I give them some ideas, some strategies, some things that they could use at home to help the boy learn empathy and patience. Mm -hmm. um, then I develop with the boy some weekly goals. So mm -hmm. when we catch up uh, during our mentoring and how sessions often do school, you, how often does the mentor and mentee um made up uh, about once a fortnight about once, once a fortnight yeah um so um so we you know we catch up we go for a walk by asking how things with his sister um you know get him to reflect on maybe what are some of the things that trigger his reactions to his sister yeah, yeah. um we discuss little strategies that um he might be able to put into place to not snap and mm -hmm. his sister, um, depending on the age of the boy, you might cover different, you know, a range of different topics. Yeah. Uh, for an older boy, um, how to treat women might come into play. Mm -hmm. For a little boy, that might be out of his scope yeah. um, to, to consider that particular aspect. So it has more to do with self-control, with count to 10 under your breath. Um, walk away when she's trying to get a reaction out of you, et cetera, et cetera. We'll talk about that. So strategies to deal with the yeah, data. Yeah, absolutely. In the midst of it. Personal. Without or, focusing too much on that, we well. talk about other things. See, you know, asking spiritual you, life tell me as about well. your weekend. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Different goals. You know, um, there'll be times where, you know, during the month of May, for example, we'll 
um, you know, the goals might be more um, oriented towards piety. Um, I know that regularly with some of my secondary boys, we talk about, well, how often do you go to mass? We have mass at school every day. Secondary boys might choose to go to mass if they want to, they mm -hmm. don't have to. Um, and sometimes one of the goals is obviously not every family that we have is Catholic. And I would first want to know from mom and dad whether weekly mass is something that is part of their family values, mm -hmm. um, which is something that they would like their son to do more of. And then, we, you know, we'll talk about, okay, you know, how often are you going to mass? Um, you know, sort of recently, one of my mentees, um, he was going to mass about twice a week. Mm -hmm. um, I asked him which days he kind of said, well, you know, when I feel like it. And I said, okay, maybe the next step is to commit to two specific days. So you don't leave it up to chance. Yeah. You don't leave it up to how you feel, but you're actually making a commitment to go to mass on Tuesdays and Thursdays or yeah. whatever two days you choose to do it. It's small steps. So a lot of, at the end of the day, it's just little goals, little baby steps to develop a range of different, you know, different virtues. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. And uh, let's go into three practical tools. What can people listening yeah. to this learn about or take from let's say the, the concept of mentoring and helping the next generation um you know grow because yeah. I, i'm a big believer yeah. in mentorship and and, yeah. and and really helping the next generation to grow what can we yeah. learn from the values of wall my college and the par red system uh that look, people can take action uh, yeah. with now what are three practical yeah, look, tools three practical tools the first a bit look one specific thing is the concept of an educational plan mm -hmm. for each one of your children. Um, something that you don't need a mentor to do this. Yeah, okay. You don't need a teacher to do this. Mom and dad sit down and figure out what's most important. What are our core values as a family? Um, and then for each one of our children, what are the 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 more the the more significant strengths and more significant weaknesses in our son? or our daughter um what are some of the areas that we would like their character to develop um but i think having very clear um sense of family values and family culture what are our values and how are each one of our children aligned with those values or not because um because the saddest thing is when you have a, a an 18 year old who moves out of home and then stops going to mass automatically they never they never took on those sort of family values so having you know between mom and dad really agreeing these are our values these are the things that we consider most important and then goal setting for each one of our children to acquire some of these values that we hold um to be really important so that would be one thing i think one second thing i think the idea of focusing on character um i, I remember somebody describing education as education is what is left after you've forgotten everything you learn at school. Um, we learn a lot of Very content. We go to school and receive a lot of content, but it's not, it's not the content is the, is the, is the habits mm -hmm. that you acquire um, mm -hmm. habits of hard work, habits of order, habits of organization, habits of um, sincerity you know, good habits of virtues and virtues are the building blocks of character. Yeah. So um, 
So looking at your children from the point of view of virtue, what are the virtues that, and they're all going to be different, each one of them. Um, and some of them have some virtues, others have others. And um, some of them will be naturally more organized. Others might be naturally more honest and sincere. Um, if you look at it from that point of view, that prism, um, you are then able to develop, as I said earlier, that educational plan. Um, and then look, the, the last thing I would say is the idea of, um, I think the idea of goal setting. I think kids really like having goals. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important that, um, I, I think a very good antidote, so to speak, to to certain elements of modern culture mm -hmm. where kids can be celebrated for no reason. And there can be a, a um, overinflated um, egos or, oh, you can do anything and you can... In, which eventually can lead to 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 negative consequences. Um, I think more important than that is fostering achievement by setting up simple goals and then recognizing those simple goals. Yeah, even if it's something small. Something tiny, something really small. This is your goal for next week. Um, you know, there are two things that we push with our boys. One is uh, PB, personal best. It's all about PB. Can you do better than you did before? Mm -hmm. Not Don't compare yourself to anybody else. Don't compare yourself to your siblings. Don't compare yourself with your classmates. What's your personal best? Mm -hmm. And can you do better than you did before? And then the other concept that we use with them, and I think it's really useful, is the 1%. The concept of 1%. We have you know these posters with PB, and they have these other posters. They just have 1%. And the boys know 1% means, can, I, can you do 1% better today? Just 1%. Nobody's going to say, no, it's too much. No, no, 1%. In whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's academically, whether it's in the sports field, sporting field, whether it's in your relations with your siblings, whether it's in doing your chores at home, 1%. But if it's 1% all the time, you're creating momentum and you are creating a culture of personal growth. Um, and, um, and, and, you know, as they get older, you... You talk to them about sanctification of ordinary life, just trying to do the best you can all the time um, and offering the best that you can to God. Excellent. That's absolutely amazing. And and how can people get in contact with the schools and Pared and find a bit about a bit more yep. about what you do? Look, the easiest thing is just you can you can find us on the internet. You can find us on uh, on um, you know obviously the, the the school's website. Um, we have a YouTube channel with some explanatory videos, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, lots of you know there's there's lots of material online. You can find out more about the schools and then look contact contact the school. Um, we have open days every term, obviously, mm -hmm. um, and um, and and if we don't then we are always happy to do, you know, organize a private tour um, and um, and show you the facilities and, and you know, and talk to, to anybody who's interested in the, in the school. Thank you, James, for uh, being here on the show. No worries. Thanks. Thanks for having me, George. I enjoyed our talk. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for tuning into the Catholic Toolbox, the art of practical Catholicism. I'm your host and founder, George Manasseh. Until next week, God bless, take care and take action. In this era of grave spiritual crisis, it is not enough to simply know about your Catholic faith. 
That is why we need a Catholic toolbox to equip us with the practical skills necessary to live our Catholic faith, to reach our ultimate goal, which is heaven for all eternity. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Join us every Tuesday night at 8pm for the Catholic Toolbox as we hand you the tools to go forth, live the faith and change our modern world today. Live on The Voice of Charity. Music